streets of Cincinnati, welcome to the jungle! All right. Well, I guess I'm starting early because <laughs> the uh, the song stopped. Oh, that's the second time that's happened before. Hey, guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trenopal. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the AFC North champion Cincinnati Bengals. I want to do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. I'm up to 1,647 subscribers. That is awesome. I appreciate you guys. Appreciate every single one of you guys. Now, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, and Augie, you're watching on Facebook. You should be watching on YouTube. Give me the, give me the view on there. <laughs> but if you are watching on Twitter or Facebook, please go to the YouTube channel, Sports with Strawberries. Hit the bell for the notification. Hit the subscription button, and every time I go live, you'll be notified. Also, exclusively in the YouTube chat crew, we're doing super chat. So if you like to support what I'm doing, or if you have a very interesting question for my boy AC, who's going to come on today, give me super chat. I would greatly appreciate it. And as always, I'm coming to you live from the Ice Cave. The Ice Cave is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys. So we got some undrafted free agents that we have yet to really discuss. We got Bengals in the building. Everybody except Jesse Bates. Big deal. Not a big deal. I don't know. And any other news and notes? Because I know Anthony already had his happening headline show on here. If you guys missed that after 
my show is over, go back and watch it. I, I would appreciate it. I'm sure Anthony would too, but let's get to AC. AC, what's going on, brother? Hey, how's it going? Good, man. Good. Long time no see. I missed you. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, hey, do I do I sound okay? I should have done a pre-sound check. My headphones kind of died on me before the air, so I apologize. You sound wonderful. I see. Awesome. Here you go. Amazing Loud and clear. Awesome. All right. So, like I said, we uh, we got some underactive free ag- agents. I guess we could discuss. But first of all, I think the news of the day that everybody keeps talking about is Jesse Bates not showing up for voluntary workouts, which. I don't think that's surprising that he didn't show up. No. Um, is this a big deal? Not a big deal? Where, where are you at on this? It's just kind of is what it is. I mean, it's, it, it's, I guess from a standpoint, it's a big deal in the sense that they don't have a long-term deal in place. Right. But it's not having a long-term deal in place. I guess it's not a big deal because it's kind of expected. We didn't, I mean, he's not going to do anything that's not, overly pressing at this point in time i guess i yeah i'm not the best social media guy admittedly but i guess on some of his social media platforms he posted something like i think he was at the beach somewhere but also getting workouts in wherever he was at so he's he's doing some things obviously and keeping in shape and doing what he needs to do uh he's just kind of doing it on his own time and not in the structure of what the team is is doing and it sounded like everybody there assumed he wasn't going to be there so we'll we'll see you know so yeah, I, I don't think it's a big deal until he really starts working or missing practice. You know, we're talking about practice, man. But I mean, that, that was the thing last year. Everybody showed up to everything. And I think that was a huge deal last year. Now, this year, Zach's been having it more relaxed. I mean, they're not having as many practices, he said, because of the long season. They went to the Super Bowl, the longest season in NFL history. Only two teams did it. That was the Bengals and the Rams. So Zach is pulling back a little bit. From uh, you know a lot of the man- mandatory stuff, make sure everybody's uh, got their bodies rested and ready to go. And and he and he thinks they're all professionals, you know that they can take care of themselves. And so I don't think it's that big of a deal. I just think if he starts missing team, talk to me in summer. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. T- team functions, team practices, stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's more of a big deal then. Yeah, if we're talking training camp, I mean, I, I wouldn't expect him to play much in the preseason if he, you know, if he does show up, which I assume he's going to. Uh, so I, I expect that's not going to be, I mean, he's going to, he's going to play cautious, I think, obviously, and not risk uh, injuring himself and in kind of some voluntary thing. They're not useless because obviously it's right. working out and getting in shape and doing things, but it, you know, it's voluntary technically. And um, I mean, it's kind of like voluntold, right? Uh, <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, it is technically voluntary and he's just not, he's not going to do anything about about it at this point in time it, it may be also i i don't want to speculate i have no idea i don't know what his mindset is after this weekend with the team drafting three defensive backs with six picks mm-hmm. so you know I, I i don't know if there's that that makes the gap wider i don't know if it makes it narrower in terms of contract talks we'll see i assume that the two sides are still talking to some degree um but you know again i just I never really once once this got past last summer, I never really saw this heading in a really overly positive direction. I saw the franchise tag and I, you know, there's some talk. Maybe that's the, the step again next year. One more year with him. I don't know, um, especially now with this draft class. But again, I think a lot of this is all pretty expected at this point. Yeah, exactly. And this gets to uh, Dustin Croft. Thanks for the uh, 499 Super Chat. He said, love JB. But man, after two years of this, this is getting old. If he hasn't signed by now, I doubt he does. Maybe 
trade value time. And that that's one thing I don't, and that's kind of where not this year I'm more thinking next year. Cause like, like you said, is they could franchise him again next year. And if they franchise him again next year, I really think he's going to be very disgruntled. And I think it's going to be more, not, and it's nothing against Jesse Bates, but I mean, dude, you get franchised twice and all you want is, is to get, you know, as much money as you can. And that's what he's trying to get to, but it's the way the contracts and everything are set up. They can franchise him twice. I don't really see them franchising him twice. That's why I think maybe more of next year that the possibility to trade because like you just said of, of all the DBs, they just drafted this year. And I think it, cause you also got Von Bell too. And this might be, they if they re-sign Von Bell, Jesse Bates is gone. I think. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think unfortunately, again, I think best case scenario, you're getting a long-term deal for one of those guys. And it would seem that Von Bell would be more affordable than Jesse Bates, you know, given given some skill set and history and all of that kind of stuff. Von Bell is still a really good player, but um, it just seems as if Jesse Bates and what he is asking for, at least from what we can tell on the outside looking in, in terms of contract negotiations, he's probably asking for quite a bit. Don't know what the talks are with Von Bell. I assume those are going to resume this summer. Usually the summer is when the Bengals like to maintain those those core players and try and lock them up before they hit free agency, both because they want to have their they want to have a long term plan in place, but also the frenzy that happens in March. Sometimes teams get a little more freewheeling with the with the dollars than they do the summer prior. So the Bengals are pretty smart in that regard, and there it also it also sends a message: Hey, we we value you. We we're ta- we're as a player, you're part of our long term plan. We want to take care of this now and not have to rush and worry about it and, and scramble down the road. And that's just again, that's all part of this the, the business process of, of football and w- what happens when you've collected a lot of good players over the past couple of years. Right, and that that's the point right there, AC. They're not going to be able to keep everybody. I mean, we we've said this. I've said this a couple times on here. They want to keep. Obviously, they're going to keep Joe Burrow. Jackpot Joe Burrow staying. They want to keep T. Higgins. They want to keep Jamar, Jamar Chase. And with the, the explosion, I mean, little explosion of the wide receiver contracts this offseason has really got me going, I don't know if they're going to pay Jesse Bates. if and, and, with his, and I keep saying this, his agent, I think, is doing his job, trying to get him the, the, the most money he can get. And honestly, that's not going to be here in Cincinnati. They're not going to pay him the highest. I mean, he could probably go somewhere else, and they would pay him more than the Bengals are going to, because the Bengals just don't pay safeties that much. Now, they say, well, they, they don't do the guard, that for guards either. People are like, well, we signed all three of these guys, but true, but they didn't overpay for any of these guys that they signed as far as the guards. So they still haven't paid a ton for guards. It's still uh, in the same row possibility that they have kept it at. So that's where I'm. I I think the writing is on the wall, especially after this draft. That I think they're keeping this year. I, I think he's gone after next year. It stinks. I love Jesse Bates, but like I said, you got. I mean, what, what are we talking here for 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 Chase and, and Higgins? Twenty million a piece, maybe uh, a year. You mean it could it could be? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, based on what what other receivers are getting right now, and I think it was pretty telling. You know, some people theorized. You know, is this is this the draft? that you get, you maybe the Bengals surprise folks and use a high pick on a wide receiver as maybe an insurance policy for the contracts for Higgins and others down the road, you know, as maybe a cheaper option, it still maintain the talent level in that. And the Bengals didn't do that, right? I mean, they they went defensive side of the ball. Now, maybe that's something they explore next draft next year if there's someone that kind of really 
lights their hair on fire. But I think it's, again, it's a commitment to keeping things intact the way they are. The Bengals do not shy away traditionally, even in some of the worst years. And that's why some of their, if you go back to the 90s, that's why some of these disgruntled players stuck around with the Bengals through some of those awful years so often because they pay their skill position players. They pay Mm -hmm. the premium positions. Willie Anderson was a very well-paid tackle, right? They paid Mm -hmm. Levi Jones pretty well Mm -hmm. a couple of times. Carson Palmer had, I think he was the highest paid quarterback at one point in his mm-hmm. second contract, third contract with the team. I can't I can't remember which one it was. Chad Johnson received a number of lucrative contracts. Carl Pickens, Corey Dillon. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. And that's why some of those guys in the bad years were, were willing to stick through it, even though they were kind of vocal, because Mike Brown and his his family, they pay, they pay the premium positions, they pay the skill positions. So, you know, I, I guess that was a, a weird detour I took there, but <laughs> no, um, you're right, no, you're right. Historical detour, but I mean when, I, I guess when you look at it, I kind of wanted the Bengals to get a wide receiver, not for the purpose I'm talking about it as an eventual T. Higgins replacement, so you don't spend that money. But I wanted just a little extra sizzle in that in that wide receiver room on the back end. But they didn't they didn't go that route, so they must feel pretty good about things, both long term financially and just where they are talent wise in that position group. Well, yeah, I, I was I was shocked at that that aspect too because because they let Auden Tate go, and so we I mean our fourth wide receiver is Michael Thomas. Uh, uh, Trent Irwin, Trent Taylor. I mean, uh, Puka Williams could be. I mean, I, I don't know. None, none of these guys are like really, you know, proven guys out there. And, and what it's really going to hurt us is say T or Chase or somebody gets hurt or TB gets hurt for, you know, a stretch of games or something like that. Or God forbid they're out for the year. What are we going to do right now? So I, I'm with you. I am kind of concerned about that. I thought they would address that in the draft. And, and I don't know if there's a, wide receiver that's out there that's you know all you know it's free agent that's worth bringing in as the the fourth guy i mean i know they got they brought in some for the undrafted guys uh let me see here who'd they bring they got a wide receiver out of out of miami jackson Sorensen. they got him and i think that might oh they got wide receiver uh javon holland i think that's how you say it oh, coastal carolina. Yeah, javon heli i think is his right. name the kid from coastal coastal carolina there we talked about this last weekend man they've been all right. over coastal carolina this this uh-huh. season. They, uh-huh. they've been connected to i think they brought in three and we're, we're drafted uh, connected to <laughs> isaiah likely who went to the ravens so uh the tight end there so i mean they were all over coastal carolina this, this which is odd because they are so about the sec the big conferences the big schools best competition yep. all that kind of stuff um, but I mean, obviously there are a lot of players, especially on that offensive side of the ball from coastal Carolina that really intrigued them this, this off season. Yeah. And, and I think if I'm, if I'm right, I think, uh, it was Jalen, isn't he the, the, the local kid he, that went to Miami? I think he is. If, I, if I'm correct on that, uh, the Miami of Ohio you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I think he went Jack, to Cole Jack Sorensen. Jack Sorensen. That's right. That's who, that's who went to. I knew one of them they brought in one, one, one of the Cole I couldn't remember, but I mean, that those are guys that they brought in to potentially, you know, win a spot, but I mean, these are undirected free agents. I don't know if these guys are, I mean, they could, they, they could come in and, and, and compete and be your fourth starter. I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I really don't know anything about any of them except for what I, I read on Simpsy Jungle. Um, so, I mean, those, that's what we're looking at as far as your fourth wide receiver right now. And like I said, Trent Taylor, Trent Irwin, and, and Michael Thomas. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm saying his name, his last name, right. I think it's, Haley or Heli, um, you know, he's got good good size. There's questions on, you know, true speed and, and some strength questions and whatnot. But uh, he, there are a lot of people who like what 
what he can bring to to a team um and you know there was a lot of like i said there's a lot of offense from that coastal carolina team uh so i mean a lot of people there's going to be a lot of competition there it's just not of the you know i guess of the any any kind of pick uh it's not just they just didn't really do a lot in free agency or the draft in terms of a, you know a wow move at the wide receiver spot um and they really didn't do it at the tight end spot either i mean there there are a couple of guys they brought in in undrafted free agency as well from the tight end position you got florida state jordan wilson and then of course you got the kid from kentucky justin rig we talked about him over the weekend because that was breaking when we were on uh, the Bengals and brew show and and my show i think so we talked a little bit about him but um, somebody, somebody, know, I, read, I read somewhere that somebody said he, he's a poor man's uh drew sable which i mean drew sable got drafted in the second round say what you want about it he got drafted in the second round so i mean i don't know I mean, to me, that sounds like more of a blocking tight end than, than a receiving tight end when you when you say that. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, you can you you can say that about it. I, you know, I, again, we're talking about guys. I, the the Kentucky kid, Rig. I mean, I think he had around 200 receiving yards. He did have four touchdown catches. I, I almost wonder, number one, if they think that hey, if Hurst shows some stuff, maybe that's a long term answer here. Or number two. Maybe they've got bigger plans. If you remember, and I, I don't mean to stir the, the Thad Moss pot here, but if you remember, yeah, they were gonna hey. play him. They were gonna play him last year and that, he got hurt in pre-game warm-ups, right? Yeah, that's and, my dude. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Thad Moss fan. I, I'll, I'll throw my hand out there. I, I've been I've been waiting to see him get a shot. And I was I was, you know, I got season tickets. I was at that game. I was like, oh, I was like, there he is. I'm like, and then he, then I'm like, where'd he go? <laughs> Find out till afterwards that he got hurt. So I'm like, yeah, it was yeah. the pregame warmups, I think, um, where he got hurt. They were gonna, they were ready to play him, and he had looked pretty good in training camp and in um, in preseason. He made a couple plays, so let's, you know, we we have to maybe see what's going on there. I've been kind of a, I mean, I don't think he's ever going to be a star in the NFL, but I I I liked what I saw out of Mitchell Wilcox when he was an undrafted free agent guy from the Bengals a couple years ago. So we'll see if he has a bigger role. I I don't know. I guess they just. They like what they have and or they just, again, another one of those positions that this coaching staff doesn't value a ton. And that kind of goes back, I think, a little bit to, um, you know, the Rams days as well. Taylor's days with the Rams. I mean, they they had a couple of, you know, Gerald Everett was a decent player for him and whatnot. But I mean, they weren't grabbing guys early, early and often at the tight end spot. Right. So right, um, right. Maybe that's something he carried over here. Well, the thing is, too, is is we're having basically the. The wide receiver room and the tight end room is the same as it was last year. I mean, depth wise. I mean, you got you you take out CJ Uzama and you put Hayden Hurst in. You take Alton Tate in and you put in any any number of these guys that we were talking about. Which I mean, Alton Tate was hurt most of the year. So I mean, we had Michael Thomas, we had uh, uh, Trent Norman, we had these guys play. So th- those rooms are the same as they were last year. Now, I think with Hayden Hurst, from what I've read, I think they he's a better route runner. Uh, and receiver and red zone threat than CJ was. CJ is a better blocker, and that that's gonna be the part that I think is gonna be the issue. Trying to figure out how many if if Hayden Hurst isn't that good of a blocker, how long and how many, how often can you keep him out there? Is he an every down back or every down tight end, or or you have to bring uh, Drew Sample in there a lot more? That's the question. Yeah, um, you know, Uzama was a guy who improved as a blocker. Um, throughout his career you know I mean he he kind of helped he, he helped out later in the year as well but he was a guy who it wasn't his strength and he was really kind of known as more the athletic guy and he really developed into more of a of a 
well-rounded tight end. And so, yeah, I'm going to be interested to see exactly how all of that plays out with Hurst. I, I think Hurst has, you know, some good potential in this offense as a, as a producer and a, and a receiver. Um, but the Bengals are going to, and, and maybe also to your point, maybe the Bengals won't be re- relying on the tight end to be blocking as often this year because they have boosted their offensive line and free agency. Right. So they may not need as many tight ends into chip and double teams and all that kind of stuff. They're able to kind of be, a little bit more free with their with their wideouts and, and backs and whatnot. I mean, I I would love to see players like Chris Evans. Remember remember how Gio Bernard was criminally used yes. when his offensive yes. line was really poor because he was a really good pass blocker for a smaller back, mm-hmm. and they had to use him to oftentimes on third downs and whatnot right. to pick up blitzes because the offensive line was so poor towards the end of Gio's run with the Bengals, and it just robbed the team of a lot of first down opportunities in the passing game with him. And I'd hate to say, see the same thing happen with a guy like Chris Evans, who has the same kind of potential. I would, I, you know, he's, he's a willing blocker in there a little bit. And I, I would love to see the team be able to use him more creatively in the pass game and not have to rely on him potentially as just, you know, kind of a blocker in some capacities because of the line. And I think hopefully the additions they've made this offseason will allow them to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I completely agree with that. I'm hoping to see a big, big, uh, well, we saw a glimpse of it in the Detroit game. We saw a glimpse right. of what he could do. And then he got hurt, and he never got back into to the mix. So, And the other thing, AC, is it's cool is they're not going to have to put in that extra offensive lineman this year. Remember, how many times did they bring in? Uh, eligible. The old Dennis Rowland, right? right? Exactly. Isaiah, Isaiah Prince, that, that was his role till, till, uh, till uh, uh, uh Reader got hurt. Uh, so, yeah, that, that we won't have to do that this, this year. There's so many different things that they won't have to do this year that they had to do last year, and they can do more exotic sets and schemes like that. Now, look at this uh, two ni- or $1.99 uh, Super Chat for Dustin Croft. Appreciate you. And he's right. He said the receiver class after the second round was pretty thin, which he is right. There, there, there was a big run on it in, 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 the, in the first round and second round. After that, there wasn't a, a ton there. I think if there was a guy that they was high on their board, they probably would have taken it. And I, that's probably that's why they didn't take anybody. Yeah, I, I was thinking, you know, the surprise may have been a wide receiver in the second round, maybe tight end in third or fourth round would have made sense, especially with when the fourth round um, came up. I believe likely was there um, at least, you know, for a period of time. I kind of felt like, you know, that was a guy they showed pre-draft interest in and maybe that was going to be the fit. And it wasn't. You know, they just didn't didn't go that way. Um, they they were kind of surprising us on some different things in terms of you know. There's a report out there the Bengals were reportedly looking at a punter in the fourth round, and there's a little punt god, punt god. Yeah, I don't know if it was if it was him or a couple of others, but it, it was Peter King that relayed that report. But I mean, again, you go back to these guys. You know, there are a couple of wide receivers that have some nice stats that they brought in the UDFA ranks. Um, Jack Sorensen had. Looks like 1,406 yards, 10 touchdowns, 76 catches last year. But then you look at the two tight ends they brought in. I mentioned Rig out of Kentucky. He's got good size, but I think he had four touchdowns and yeah. you know 200 yards, maybe 20 catches or so. And then Jordan Wilson, the other one they brought in last year, 11 catches, 132 yards. So uh, it's it's about potential when you do these UDFA's, and it's about you know are you going to contribute on special teams right away. Maybe you push some of these back end guys, but it's got to be at this point, it's got to be, you know, looking at Thad Moss and Wilcox as, as guys stepping up this year. Yeah, exactly. And, and like I said, it's, I mean, it's the same room they had last year and it took us all the way to the Super Bowl. And, and not to say that things can't change. I mean, hell, you never know. The Bengals could make a trade. I mean, they got BJ Hill like right before the season started. So 
like I said, this is the new Bengals. You know, who knows what's going to happen? They, they could make a trade. They could try to uh, shore up that 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 room, you know, in different ways. And who knows? Maybe these guys are better than we think they are. But one guy that is back, well, he's got to win a spot, is uh, Kevin Huber. And we were just talking about the punt, you know, the punters mm-hmm. there. And I am with you. I think if there was a punter there, I don't think they want to take a punter in the fourth round. I think if he's there in the fifth, definitely the sixth. Well, they didn't have a sixth. They traded the sixth. So fifth round, I think they might have taken one. I, that's kind of my my thought. But uh, but I was kind of surprised that I was going nuts. One of my man crushes was the punt guy, Matt Ariza. And I did a whole story on him and everything and all this stuff. Like, we got to get him. He'd be great. Because every time I did my mock drafts, he was always there. And he right. freaking went way before. I mean, there's other punters that went before him. So I was shocked on that. Right. And some people come out, well, that shows what the fans know. I'm like, hell, I was just going by tape. I don't know crap. <laughs> but, right. you know, I, I was, I, I, but I was surprised. At that. But the, but they resigned Kevin Huber. But I think it's going to be, still, I mean, Huber is going to be the the punter this year. I mean, you got Drew Christian, who they kept, you know, and there's a reason they kept him. So I think it's going to be a competition. And I, I kind of, I might be surprised if Huber doesn't get beat out this year. Yeah, there was, um, you know, the, the guy he's going against Chrisman was Drew Chrisman was the Ohio State guy, and that poor guy was bounced on and off and on and off the team. I, I can't even count how many times oh, yeah. he was off the team, that poor guy. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the competition's gonna be a little more stiff this year. I love Kevin Huber and what he's done for the Bengals, obviously local guy, done a lot of community work, and he's had a good good career as a punter for the Bengals, but you could tell at the end of the year last year there was a little bit of uh, a lack of oomph in his kicks and I think part of that I, I said this on my show earlier today but I think part of that had to do maybe with the venues where they were playing at the end of the year not only their own home right. stadium with with some hard weather and whatnot but Kansas City Tennessee mm-hmm. I mean it, there are some venues there where it just you know it, he didn't have the same and that's you know it also forced them into a lot of long field goal opportunities that you know I, they trusted obviously Evan McPherson and his leg but you know, who knows if you've maybe got another weapon at punter and someone where you think, hey, is he going to is he going to be able to pin this one deep? You know, right, is right. that a different game plan at that point? I don't know. Um, obviously, it worked out for the Bengals because McPherson was unbelievable. But, you know, it's just it's all kind of stuff you look at now as you look back at how the end of the season transpired. You look at this now. Huber makes sense. He's a guy that Darren Simmons trusts and, and knows and that that battery, as I call it, the long snapper kicker punter you know uh holder all, all of that you know you've got that kind of back intact here but we'll see exactly if, if huber can hang on to the job i don't know yeah and i know i john your your partner crime john was on here yesterday and he said he said some uh, Bengals twitter was going oh we'll just keep we should need to keep huber on just to uh just to hold, to hold. I'm like, yeah, they're not going to keep. You don't <laughs> right. just, spot for that. No. Yeah, they're not, they're not going to do that. But the, the other thing is, is the guy with the greatest hair on the team, Clark Harris. They actually drafted his replacement as well. So, I mean, yeah. we could have a whole new. Free agent, yeah. Yeah. Or, or Yeah, sorry, free agent. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But we could have a whole new uh, punter and holder and long snapper. Who knows? I mean, I, I don't know if they want to just. So they got a, a younger kicker, want to blow all the old guys out and start fresh. Or, or there's just competition, you know. Everybody's breeding competitions. Yeah, that's an interesting point because, I mean, I know special teams isn't the most sexy podcast talk here, but I mean, (laughs) it's kind of, of, you know, I mean, that's an interesting point because you still have a really young kicker and obviously the kicker worked well and knows how Kevin Huber holds the football. He knows Clark Harris is a snapper and at the pro level, maybe I'm just overrating that whole sequence a little bit, but I mean, do you, it's not nothing. 
If you, I know. I mean, if you if you do want to replace one or both of those guys, do you do both in one offseason with a new kicker? Does that throw the whole thing off? Does it not? Does one replacement? Does that? You know what I mean? I, I it yeah. just it's something to think about. And I, I mean, I trust Aaron Simmons a lot. He's one of the best special oh, yeah. team coaches in the league. But you know, it's one of those things that you got to probably try a little lightly because the one guy you're not replacing is only in his second year in the NFL. So you got to make sure that you do right by him too. Yeah, I think I mean Clark Harris is is unbelievable. I I I saw a stat where he, I think he's has never had a snap that's unplayable or something like that. I I, I heard that on somebody's podcast. I'm like, or it was or it was a very low number. I mean that is just absolutely ridiculous to be able to. Yeah. I know he only does one thing, but he does it better than anybody else. So yeah, I think he's gonna be hard hard to beat out. And like I said, he's got great hair, so you got to keep him on the team, right? <laughs> I wish I had the the flowing watch like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It takes it takes too long to grow your hair that long, you know, maintaining <laughs> it and all that stuff. Well, I'm too old for that crap. Anyway, so all right, so I get to some NFL news here that came out actually yesterday. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins uh, is popped for uh, PEDs, and of course, he always says everybody says it's an accident. I didn't know. Yada yada yada. What's that? What, what where are you at on that? You think you are, I, I'm? They're professional athletes. They they know <laughs> they they gotta know. I I mean I you know I, I don't know. yeah. I, I mean I I am not privy to the whole ins and outs of that and what supplement. I mean the weird thing that I did hear about it. I think it was his agent and I or somebody who, from his camp. I don't know how accurate this is, but essentially he had a a negative test in October, and then in November, which is what he got popped for here. There, he had a positive of trace elements. Uh, so it wasn't even like a full positive. It was kind of like a, you know, a, a small, small amount in his body. And then again, he was negative in December when they tested him again. So, you know, I, I take that for what you will. I don't know. Um, you know, it, it, the, the Cardinals traded for Hollywood Brown on in the first round. So I, I, I'm, my assumption is that they probably saw the writing on the wall with this or heard some rumblings that this was maybe yeah. coming. So that's why they went that route. Uh, I can't remember. Did they re-sign AJ Green? I, I think they did. Uh, yes, they did. Yeah, as far as I know, they did. Yeah, they I, I thought they had re-signed AJ Green for another uh, short-term deal. So, mm-hmm. and they brought him back. They lost Christian Kirk. Um, you know, that's a team that made the playoffs last year, but they have problems down the stretch. I don't know. Maybe a, maybe a fresh Hopkins down. I, I think he's going to appeal, and I don't know what's going to come of that, but it is the same kind of. Uh, rhetoric that comes out of when, when there's when there's a positive right. thing. Like I monitor everything that goes yeah. into my body, and this right. is shock. And I, you know, yeah, they monitor it. He just didn't mask it <laughs> yeah. enough. I think I don't know, but yeah. I, like I said, I, I've never taken the stuff. I, I have no idea. Now, uh, Greg Luther was talking about uh, Will Fuller, who we, we talked about earlier. Um, he got signed by was it the Ravens? Is that who you said they, Will Fuller got signed by? Now, Will Fuller, I think, is still a free agent. Uh, oh, is he? Okay, okay. Yeah, I looked at the um, the list of the um, the list of available free agents post draft on NFL.com, and he he was on there. So he's a guy. I mean, again, I, I you know speed and and all kinds of things. There's been some hands issues, and obviously some things with the the you know getting on the field here and there, whether it's injury or otherwise, and so. Um, you know, that's, that's a guy and maybe, maybe you take a flyer on him, but again, this is kind of the time ice, as you know, you know, there's that first initial 
manic first few days of free agency. Hell, Saturday night, it was bam, 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 bam. (laughs) of free agency. And then it's like, you know, then after after the March madness of free agency, then there's a week or two that goes by. Then you get kind of more of those solid players that you get a little bit more on a, on a friendlier deal that are, that's out there. And then things die down again. And then maybe you pick up a couple of other veterans on rental deals or guys who've been cut or something like that. Uh, and then there's the draft. And then after the draft teams look at their rosters and they see what they have, who they didn't get in the draft class. And then they reassess free agency again as OTAs and summers around the corner, they look at things and they go, okay, you know, which one of these guys here to plug, plug in here and there makes sense. And that's, you know, maybe maybe a Will Fuller makes sense. I mean, basically, I think for the most part, some of the top guys left. He's one of them, and OBJ is another one that's left that's left unsigned. OBJ is not coming to the Bengals on a number four wide receiver gig, I don't think. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, maybe Will Fuller would would be more open to something like that. I don't know. Um, I don't know. It'd be know. interesting. It, it definitely it's definitely something something to kick the tires over. Sure. Oh, let's go it up. I was going to bring this up anyway, but crime time. I already put it up here. He said, a question for y'all. Hollywood Brown is gone, and the Ravens didn't draft a wide receiver. I'm not sure what they are doing. You you think they will be any good? I'm not sure they can keep up with the high-octane offense. Now, Dan Orlowski kind of changed my mind. I was kind of the – and Dale Altman was telling me that they had a good draft, which, which they did. I'm like, but they don't have any deep threats. But I watched Dale – Dan Orlowski, and I barely ever watch ESPN, but I do like I do like him. He is one of the guys I do like listening to. And he brought up a good point that they're getting back to the 2019 Ravens, where they're a, a high tight end team. And that's yeah. what that's what uh, Lamar Jackson he does better throwing to them than he does the deep ball. No matter what Lamar get mad and I have wide receivers, yada yada. That's what he does better. And they are a better offensive team when they are, have high quality tight ends. And hell, they got what four of them or whatever they. However many they drafted, I mean, so uh, what's your thoughts on the Ravens and what they did there, Casey? First of all, Antoine, you were watching my show earlier, and I talked about this a little bit. There was an article from Baltimore Beatdown on, on SB Nation that talked about this a little bit, and it referenced a tweet, I think, from RG3, saying that they're going back to those three or four tight ends that just kill you. And, and one of one of them was Hayden Hurst, mm-hmm. um, oddly enough, who's now with the Bengals. But it was Andrews and it was Hurst. And I think it, who's the other one, Max, uh, I, I forget who the other one, but there was, there's three or four there that they used. They just were killing people with size and athleticism from that position. And to me, you know, this brings up an interesting topic to see what the AFC North did to counter each other in this, in this draft. Right. right you right. look at, you look at the Bengals drafting highly athletic, highly physical defensive and, and speed driven defensive backs in this year's class, three of them. Right. Right. And the Steelers go and they draft that crazy fast kid from Memphis that I right. like Calvin Austin. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the Ravens saying, okay, well they've got these defensive backs who can cover. They've got decent size. They can run with a lot of people, even at the NFL level, they can run with a lot of people with those new toys that they've got. Let's get bigger pass catching targets for Lamar. He likes to use those tight ends. We're going to go back to what we did when Lamar Jackson was really, really lighting things up. So, I mean, it, a lot of counteract. And then I think it was when Austin was drafted, Peter King relayed the story of how the Ravens were all pissed off because that was the guy they were going to take one pick later. Um, and they were like, of course the Steelers take him. Right. Uh, right. So, um, you know, it's just, it, to me, I, I don't know if it's intentional, counteracting from from picks that they've seen within the division i maybe that's just kind of the chess match i like to envision within within those war rooms there but 
I think it's very, very interesting uh, that, um, uh, you know, how those yeah. things, how those things played out. And by the way, Antoine, I see you saying, uh, sorry, I was just kidding with you, buddy. It was I, I hung with Antoine in, in Vegas. He's a good dude. Oh yeah, that's, that's I'm jealous of both of you. I wish I could have went to Vegas, but anyway. Um, but what I, I guess my thought to this is, I think this for the for the rappers, this is the their best offense, and for them to try to keep up with the Bengals, where I think we got we got a shot at averaging forty. You know, th- this is the best thing. This is what they do best. You know, is run the ball, short intermediate passes to to the tight ends. They're not a deep threat team. They're I mean, they do it every once in a while, but they're they're really not that. That's one of the reasons why I thought they went back to that because they got to score to keep up with us. I mean, and that's what the squealers are trying to do. That's what the Browns are trying to do. Everybody's trying to keep up with the Bengals right now because, hey, you know, we went to the Super Bowl and we are, we've gotten better. I mean, and I just want to talk about the athletes that the Bengals got, like you said, in the secondary. And I think that's not only for the AFC, North, that's just for the AFC in general because all the talent came to the AFC. There's a ton of wide receivers that you're going to have to cover. Mm-hmm. Lots of really good tight ends that you're going to have to cover. And, and like Lou and Aruma said, he goes, we have times where we have six or seven DBs out there. You know, so, we're, I mean, they're going to have a lot of guys out there to be able to to cover these guys. So I'm really excited about the speed and the, the and I said this on your show Saturday night, the, um, uh, the, the morphing, the, 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 the be able to play different positions that the, these guys that they drafted are able to do this year. And I think Lou's going to take a big, big advantage of that this year. Didn't you call it like the amoeba defense? Yeah, something? that's what that's where I use me amoeba that. defense or morphing defense. Yeah, that's yeah, I, I like that. That was that was pretty clever. I like that. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I see Michael Madden in your live chat talking about flower Trey Flowers, another guy that um, yeah you know, that helps the Bengals out with with some of those tight ends. A big guy that can kind of cover short areas of the field was very how, how funny we him. forget about him. We we're so excited we we signed him and I keep I keep forgetting about him. <laughs> no, I, I mean he's just kind of one of those quiet guys in the background yeah. that but he's you good. know they did some yeah. things late in the season. And, and help the Bengals out in an area that usually traditionally has killed their their mm-hmm. team, right? I mean, it's just it's like you know, tight ends have been the bane of Bengals' existence for I, I can't, I mean, ever yeah. since I can remember. And really, last year was the ones where they kind of kept it at bay a little bit. Right. Andrews exactly. was largely held in check. I mean, he had I think one one half of one good game. Kelsey had a couple of plays, but nothing that really killed you, killed you. And then you know, um, it, the rest is kind of a lot of blah for to my to my memory but i mean still the Bengals are going to need to cover those players and now teams have done i i look at what the dolphins did i mean they got rid of Devonte parker but you know you bring in tyreek hill and they they said you know we're going to kind of do this hydra wide receiver pass catching you know threat and like the Bengals have and you got to cover us and you got to find guys that can run and cover us because we all learned from the Bengals and their wide receiver group last year and so a lot of teams are emulating that. And so now the Bengals are ahead of the game. All right. Whoa. They already wow. got the game. Wait, wait, wait. I know, wait. Say, I know. Say, they're, say. They're, they're the progressive team on that front, right? You got you to say that again, Anthony. The Bengals are what? <laughs> they're ahead of the curve, Ice. They are ahead of the curve. They are the front runners. Yes. So they're now other <laughs> teams are now emulating that. So now the Bengals are doing the counteraction, which is, okay, let's get even more defensive backs who can cover, run, hit, and have high athletic profiles to counteract teams copying us. You see, this is all cyclical, right? Exactly, exactly. Well, and the thing is, too, when I call it the amoeba defense, and and it's a lot because that's what Bill Belichick did. I mean, and his defenses for winning all these Super Bowls, what they did is they stopped whatever you did good. If you ran the ball, they'd stop. All right, you're going to throw it. If you threw it deep, okay, all right, we're going to drop everybody back. 
and you're gonna have to have to run. I mean, and, and I said this in, in in the playoffs. This is exactly what they did in Tennessee. They stacked the box. You're not running running the ball on us. You're gonna have to throw. You're gonna have to make Tannehill beat us. Well, how that how that work out for them? Kansas City, they dropped everybody back. All right, go ahead, run it. <laughs> they didn't want to do it. They, they were begging them to run it, and they didn't want to do it. And that's that's what I think even more so now, uh, what Lou has, and, and Jake Lisco calls him the mad scientist. I think he's going to dial up some really cool stuff because I know we're all worried about what's going on with Jesse Bates and Bell. They're all going to be here this year. We're going to have, I think, one of, if not the best secondary in all of football with the, the, the talent we have here and, and the different positions. The guys can play and the speed, Anthony. The speed; these guys can freaking fly, dude. Yeah, that's a, a really good point about Belichick too. Because if you think back, it was a it was a different star every week for the Patriots on their defense, right? And when and it plays into when those guys would hit free agency, they would go get paid a lot of money to go elsewhere, and their impact wasn't as as heavy because they just weren't put in the in the same kind of successful positions that Belichick put them in. I'm not saying Luana Rumo is Bill Belichick, no. but it's 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 a similar concept where it's right. like, hey, we're gonna do, we're gonna just gonna put the guys out there that take away what you do best, and and you got to try and beat us a different way. And teams, you know, people are calling it fluky and all kinds of stuff, and I understand all of that to a degree, but at the same time, you know, the Bengals were putting themselves in positions to yeah. to you know make them make it difficult on their opponents. So if the Bengals can figure out this, I will say this, the Bengals had a, a I would say middle of the road defense overall last year, they were yeah. decent at rushing the passer. They, they were just pretty good at everything. Right. right, right they weren't right. like absolute studs, but they did enough. And they were, you know, if the Bengals can figure out if, if Trey Hendrickson can still be Trey Hendrickson, mm-hmm. Sam Hubbard can put together another solid season. Like he did this last year, the Bengals can find a remedy for the loss of Larry Ogunjobi and what he brought to a pass rush. And they find one more rotational edge rusher in there that can get Hopefully get you kind of that Wallace Gilberry effect. If you remember like, him, like yeah. you know, I was like, hoping it's Joseph Osai. Yeah, so I'm hoping it's Osai, right? Yeah. Um, but if they can find one other guy, if everything kind of plays along similarly in terms of Hendrickson and and Hubbard, and then you find someone to replace Ogunjobi's pass rush prowess, and then you know you add in one other rotational edge rusher, whether that's Osai or Hubert or you know, uh, whoever it may be, I, I think this defense could could be pretty special this year based on who they just brought in. So what's your thoughts on Zach Carter? Because I, I think that that's the, what they're bringing him in for. He could be the guy to hopefully spell B.J. Hill. I mean, I don't know because they say he's a tweener. So he could go inside or outside. I think, they, I think they're looking at him more inside. But that, that's that's kind of where I'm at on, on Larry O. I, I, I hope they – I would like him to sign Larry O back, but from – I've heard his foot's pretty messed up. Yeah. Um, so I feel I, I bad. Huh? I feel bad for, for Ogan Joby. Oh, because, it sucks, you know, he, man. He, he, yeah, did a great I mean, year he, for us. And, yeah. Gave it it all, gave it his all. And he did it on a, on a one-year deal and had a bad injury and didn't get to see the whole thing through. But, um, you know, I mean, there, there are some similarities between Carter and, and Ogan Joby. Ogan Joby's, you know, about six, Six two plus six three and and right around three hundred pounds. Carter's more like six four and like two eighty five at this point, or was right um, when he was and and he played some three. He played some edge and did some different things um, at Florida. And I think they're going to translate here. My my hope is that you know he's got he's got a decent amount of uh, athleticism. And he's got good size, and if you just see him, you know, kind of one of those guys that walks off the bus, and you're like, yeah, that guy's that guy's athletic, right? <laughs> um, but but. 
my my worry is is he one of those guys and i know it's a previous regime is he like a marcus hardison where you just can't find the right way to use him, or right. and it just kind of fizzles out and you were kind of relying on him to at least be a, a decent rotational play player for you early on i you know is it a is it a round round peg square hole type of situation you know what i mean right. um or is it something that you've got a versatile player you've got the right defensive coordinator and you've got other pieces in place where you say hey go go get after it and it, and it works um i, I He's he's kind of one of the more intriguing guys for me in this draft because the Bengals passed on like a Perry and Winfrey, a guy that right. they um, I'm glad you brought that up. Go ahead. Uh, they, I mean, they passed on him. He went to Cleveland yeah. uh, that, that they had pre-draft interest in. So, you know, when you look at the careers of of some of these guys and who they passed on and, and who they ended up taking. Uh, it's going to be interesting to, to see how that whole thing shakes out. I, I, I worry about the ceiling. Or, or I guess I worry about the floor, right? For for Carter, but I, I'm not, and I'm unsure about the ceiling. I feel like you know, there's a lot of athleticism there that, and and some versatility that'll help you out. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Perry Winfrey because I, I you I, you read my mind. That's what I was going to bring up because uh, Dale well, from Bengals and Brewers on my show. Uh, I went I went live so many times this past weekend. I, well, I went over to second round or third round was going on, and we're both like, oh, he's there. They're going to take right. Perry Winfrey. <laughs> and Dale got so upset. He just he just, he just left the show. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe we didn't get him. And I and honestly, I was kind of surprised. I mean, Zach could be Carter. People say it's a reach. I mean, is he worth that when Perry and Winfrey were sitting right there? I'm like, and that to me, Perry and Winfrey is kind of does what you wanted for the three tech. So that's where I kind of I don't know. I mean, I hope oh I hope they're right. You know, but I don't know. That, that yeah, was just puzzling to me. Yeah, and it. it we talked about it, I think, a little bit this weekend. I don't remember which, if it was my show or yours or, or <laughs> Bengals and Brews or whatever. Um, not to, not whatever. I just, there's been a lot of, lot of shows, you know. We, 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 we've been there. on the air a lot. We've been talking Bengals. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, the thing is, is with the interesting concept, though, is that the Bengals did have the opportunity to draft Perry and Winfrey in on night two a couple of times. They had the pre-draft uh, interest in him. Was a guy at the Senior Bowl who did very well, and they intentionally did not draft him in right. lieu of another player. Right. So, um, in in lieu of Carter. So you kind of figure, well, what happened? You know, what happened or didn't happen in that right. pre-draft interest uh, that they had in Winfrey to make him go a different direction there. But um, maybe they think Carter's just maybe a little bit more well-rounded at this point right now, and a guy who's a little more ready to play and contribute right now. Uh, in various capacities than Winfrey can. Now, one more question here. You've been on for oh, about 46 minutes. I'll let you go here. But uh, this is – I think this could be the uh, – this is going to be the talk of the rest of the, the offseason up until September is left guard. Left guard. Now, they got the kid out, out of North Dakota State, and we know they got Jackson Carmen. And I keep throwing in the mix Deontay Smith. And people are like, oh, he's going to be our, our, our swing tackle, Mike. Well, if he's the best guy at left guard, which I think he was at times last year, and if he didn't get hurt, or last year had been right guard. Either way, I think last year, if he didn't get hurt, he would have taken some reps and taken the starting job away from uh, Jax Carmen because I think Frank Pollock really liked him. Now, I know they want to try him at right tackle now, or right tackle in general. Now, my question is, if he wins and, and he is the guard, he could still be your backup tackle. I mean, that that's what – I mean – Technically, you don't want to move two spots, but if he's the best guy for the job, they're going to put him at the guard. I don't know. What's your thoughts uh, as far as the, the left guard situation goes of the three guys we got right now? 
Well, I think for Deontay Smith, I think the plan has always been developmental tackle. Um, I mean, I think they were trying to get cute last year because of so many issues on the interior of the offensive line. They're like, just can't, can this kid do this right away? And he, I think he surprised a lot of people. I don't know what he would have done had he gotten some extensive playing time. Uh, yeah, I would like to see that. <laughs> but I, I think the plan has always been, you know, his measurables and everything is just, and it just, the outlook has always been developmental tackle and maybe he can develop into something kind of, you know, kind of golden for them at some point. I, I kind of saw him a little bit and I don't remember how his athletic profile was, but remember Anthony Collins, a guy who was kind of a guy who would spot start at tackle at both tackle spots. And he was pretty effective when he played, but he was also a reserve a lot that, that kind of reminds me and similar round. I think they were both fourth rounders. So that's kind of who Deontay Smith, at least on the surface, if you're kind of doing a Bengals comparison, uh, total surface level comparison, mind you, that uh, just kind of brings, brings Anthony Collins to mind a little bit, but right. You know, I think develop, developmental tackle is what they've had in mind there in terms of left guard. I think they would love to see Jackson Carmen take that and run with it and be the guy there at left guard. Um, the, we know about that pretty ugly report that came out before the draft. So I don't know what or what is not happening with that, if anything. I haven't, I haven't heard anything since. Um, since. <laughs> yeah, it's been very quiet on that. So I, I don't know what's happening with that. And then, you know, this new kid they brought in, Volson. You know, you, right. look, at, you look at some of the clips there and you go, he can pull. He is nasty mm-hmm. when he gets when he get it, and I think he's, it was he's got that stuff in his neck, like 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 uh, yeah, like, yeah. that stuff. Yeah, that stuff in your neck. <laughs> I, I remember if it was McShay or if it was uh, someone or Clat on, on NFL Network. I I, I don't want to misquote, but right, basically someone just kind of said he get he he gets on you. You're not you're not going anywhere. I mean, right. he, he gets his hands on you. He gets into you. You're not going, and not because of a hold, just because he's just yeah. he's just on you. So I, you know, fourth round, that's not anything to necessarily sneeze at in terms of what they think of this, of this potential kid. I mean, remember years ago, they drafted Russell Bodine in the fourth round and he was a guy that was starting. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's going to be Carmen. I I think they're going to try and give him a lot of competition. I think they're also going to see how, what, where that report goes on Carmen. Um, But I think those are the two guys kind of most at play at this point. I think Adeniji might be the odd man out because he was the previous offensive line coaches guy mm-hmm. and Jim Turner. So I, I just, that's just, as, as I sit here now, early May, that's just kind of my thought. Right. Um, and, and Volson is kind of maybe the guy who kind of replaces him on the interior. And then in terms of role wise, maybe then you've got Deontay Smith. I, I, I likened him to Anthony Collins, but I think cur- more current times, maybe that's kind of the Fred Johnson type of role where you're the swing backup tackle. Right. Right. And, and people are out there wondering about Spain. I, I think the ship has sailed on Spain. I with them drafting, Colson and 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 they got car they want they want Carmen to work. I mean they drafted him in the second round. They want him to be there. But just listening to Frank talk about Volson, <laughs> I'm like, ah, I don't know. He, he likes him, man. He likes him. He likes him. He likes him a lot. So that, that that's like he that's a glass eater. That's one of his dudes. So yeah. I, and I'm I'm not so sure that Frank Pollock really liked or was a, a Jackson Carmen guy because I know he liked Deontay Smith because I mean they told me when, <laughs> when I was at that practice one of the many times he he said I like this guy he's got really good he never and he was all, almost every day he was walking out with Deontay Smith he was never walking out with, with Jackson Carmen so really yeah that's where I'm kind of like uh, that's why I keep going he likes Deontay Smith but then when you see what he said about Volson I'm like oh okay this might be more of a dude that's that's uh more down Frank Pollock's alley and I don't know if you I, if you saw the uh 
all the full clip of, of, of Frank Pollock talking about Volson after you know when they drafted him and stuff. I did a little story on it. I just thought it was awesome. I mean, to listen to Frank Pollock talk frankly about what it takes to play in this league, and he thinks Colson's got that, you know, and that that to me, I just that bodes well. That's where I think it it could then come down to Volson or Deontay Swift. Just my own opinion, but we'll see what happens. I mean, we got that left guard. Yeah, left guard. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But I mean, it's nice we only have to worry about one position and not like all of them. I kind of like that for once. Yeah, and I I think you know some of these guys too that are floating out there, whether the Bengals make a move or not. There's also yet another layer of free agency that kind of occurs throughout training camp and when unfortunate injuries occur and or you know final cuts or you know they 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 do the waiver wire scour oh that whole deal. Um, I don't know how heavily they'll be involved with that because they're so far back in line this time around on the waiver wire, exactly. uh, on the waiver wire collection thing. But um, yeah, I mean, that, there's another layer of that. And there's also, if you, you know, just, I, I keep kind of rambling. I'm sure you're trying to get me out of here, but uh, no, keep going, man. I'll keep talking. I, I, is in season. There is, I, I think it's after we, I know it's after week one. I think it might be after week two. Mm-hmm. Um, a lack of guaranteed money in contracts as, as players come in. Um, it, the Bengals sometimes sign players a week or two into the season to help right. out their team because the way contracts are structured at that point um, isn't as high on the guaranteed money type of situation, and they can still maybe get a helpful player for them, especially if an injury occurs. So there's kind of a, a few layers to look at here. Yeah, exactly. Now, I'm just – I'm more excited about this team now than, than I was even before because just the talent that we have on this team. I think they've – I mean, yeah, we're, we're nitpicking about the, the fourth wide receiver and the tight end. I'm like, really, Anthony, we're, we're talking about that. That's We're talking backups, you know, yeah. compared to compared to what, dude, what we were doing shows three years ago or, or last year with the offensive line and can Joe Burrow come back and oh, – it's, it's yeah, unbelievable. We're talking about two two starting offensive line positions. We were talking about, you know, uh, just all you know, all kinds of different stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's well, a lot I mean, better than we we spent twenty minutes talking about the punters. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. But that that's what's so cool about this team and how talented this team is. Right. And I, I think it's one of the most talented teams in the league. And I, like I said, people say we're crazy, but I think we could drop forty on them. And I think our defense, if the secondary is going to be no joke. If Joseph Osai, if he's anywhere close to what he was in that preseason game, we're going to have an even better pass rush, I think. And he's still got uh, Huber, or whatever his name is, from Kansas, Kansas State. Yeah. yeah, that they drafted last year. He's another guy that, who knows? We'll see what yeah. happens. Yeah. Anyway, Anthony, you've been on for 40 minutes. You are, uh, I, I, I'm not going to take credit for this. Uh, somebody called you the godfather of Bengals' uh, 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 podcast because you've been doing really? this. Yes, it's. I heard it somewhere. I can't remember who said. It. I was like, oh, that's a good. That's a good name for everyone. Because right. I, I think you've been doing doing it since what 2015. Is that when you got you started? Doing uh, it? Yeah, my show was 2016, and I did another show for a handful of years before that. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess so, you're you're the yeah. godfather of Bengals podcast. So I appreciate you all the time you give me. I mean, hell, I've only been doing this since what 2019. Anyway, I always appreciate you come on. Go ahead, plug your plug exactly. Plug your show. Plug articles. Plug whatever the hell you want. Yeah, CincyJungle.com is uh, the hub where you can get your news, opinions, analysis, all that kind of stuff, pick breakdowns, and of course, everything going on at OTAs, the the podcast channel, which hosts my show, The Orange and Black Insider, um, is is on there. So we're on all the major audio streamers, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, whatever the ones you want to use. Um, 
The video is on, we have a YouTube channel, so you can go there. And then, of course, it's also on the Cincy Jungle Facebook page, streamed there, so you can go like that and or subscribe to the YouTube channel, a lot of different sources. And we have some fun. We have some fun. Uh, John Sheeran and myself, sometimes I fly solo. Sometimes I bring in great guests like yourself, like I did this last weekend. Sometimes it's John and me, and we just, we, we do listener questions. We do all kinds of different stuff. So it's fun. Exactly. AC, as always, I appreciate you, man. You're the this man. Season, this season's gonna be a lot of fun. I cannot freaking wait. I know. We're gonna. I'm gonna get out to a game, likely in Cincinnati, and maybe one away somewhere. So we'll link up, my man. Oh hell yeah! Let me know. You you know you know where I'll be. We can I'll update be the around. picture. We can yeah. update the intro picture. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we'll have to get you a jackpot Joey Joey uh, flag or hat or something. You oh, there you go. Flag that like me. <laughs> there you go. I like it. All right, Anthony. I'll see you. All right. Take, Take care. Bye bye. All right, guys. Like I said, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I do. AC is one of my favorite guys. John's one of my favorite guys. I mean, all the guys from Cincy Jungle are awesome. Ace and Zen, when they used to be part of Cincy Jungle, they're they're my boys too. So I appreciate every time they come on. It's a lot of fun. They're full of a ton of information. And like I said, I cannot wait for the Bengals. I know uh, Crown, you asked me what's going on with Joey Votto. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that Reds. I, they're three and nineteen, man. They they're going to lose a hundred games this year. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I like I said, there's I, if you guys missed the video I did yesterday, uh, the Reds uh, three nineteen, the worst team in baseball. I kind of did a little rant on that and went through some of the uh, stats. Uh, I didn't find the stats. Lance Cowish, I found him. I, I took them from from him. It's just very very depressing talking about the Reds. Uh, maybe I, what I think is wrong with Votto is. He might be getting sick and tired of getting his ass kicked every day, and and he knows he has no shot to win, so it's really hard to get motivated. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Like I said, football is going to be here before we know it. I can't wait. But let me get to the Facebook groups that let me live stream, and as also I, as always, I appreciate every single one of them. They're Hootay Nation, Hootay Legion, Cincinnati Reds, Ronnie Third, Heading for Home, Bearcat Ruckus, Bearcat Country, the Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar. Then you follow me on all of my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trinopol. TikTok is at Iceman90. I will be pulling a sound off later on. And put it on the podcast. So make sure you guys check that out. It's on BeanPod, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Please give me a five star review. Make sure you rate, like, and review. Leave a comment so more since the fans can find my podcast. Share it with your friends because my podcast was blowing up. And then I did a whole bunch of videos and I didn't put as many podcasts out there. And anyway, it's my own fault. It's kind of slow now. But anyway. You guys want to listen to it check it out uh youtubers we're at 1647 subscribers that is awesome this channel is blowing up i appreciate you guys like i said if it wasn't for you guys i would never be able to do this so as always sort of by my heart i appreciate you guys and other than that i was well, actually i gotta see if i can even play this thing because this thing hold on a second let's let's try this thing here i got a lot live audio here all right hold on all right let's see if it'll actually play because i tried it before and it kind of stopped. And I don't think it's going to play. It's not looking like it. But I'll try it. We'll see. Other than that, that's just sports, baby. See ya! It's not going to play. Bye, guys.